So why can't we just go out and have a good time and enjoy ourselves and and God be okay with that? Why does God hate everything that makes us happy? Well, I don't know about you, but I actually used to be a bit of a partier. And I drank a lot. I went out. I had relations with people. And I thought that I was happy for a long time. But the truth is, I wasn't. I wasn't happy at all. I was using alcohol and relationships to fill a hole in my life. That hole was the hole where God should have been. And I didn't know it at the time. I just thought that I was being happy and having a good time. But I tell you what, you're not having a good time if the next morning you question what you did the night before. Or you question who you might have been with the night before. Or if they're questioning who they were with the night before and you're helping them go down that road. See, God isn't against things that make us happy. The problem is that we live in a fallen world and this fallen world has distorted what happiness really is. We think that happiness is having a lot of money. And so we try to make more and more money. But making more money doesn't make us happier. It really doesn't. You can't buy friends. You can't buy love. I mean, you could buy people to be around you. You can buy relationships, but that doesn't buy love. Material happiness is very fleeting. It's here today and gone tomorrow. A lot of people who make a lot of money very quickly find that out, especially in, in Hollywood and places like that. Las Vegas is another one. You start winning big at the at the gambling tables, and all of a sudden, everybody's your friend. You start losing, nobody's your friend. Money, relationships, and stuff, for lack of a better word, only makes us temporarily happy. And God is not anywhere near as concerned as our happiness as he is our growth. Because when we're out and drinking and, quote, having a good time, we're not growing. As, as people, we're stagnating, and God wants us to grow. And think of it, we even equate happiness maybe with health. But Jesus didn't say that he came to help the healthy, but the sick. And that's in Luke 5, 31 and 32. And so God isn't even worried about how healthy we are. He's more concerned with how we spread his word in his kingdom. And he tells us that he has riches for us far greater than anything in this world. And I've got a, I've got a story to tell you. But Ephesians 2, 7 through 10, In order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace, incomparable riches, expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you've been saved, through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It's a gift from God, not by works so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Our faith in God and our works towards God gives us more grace, gives us more happiness, gives us more joy. And I talked about joy before. But I really wanted to talk about, you know, why does God hate everything that makes us happy? Because I actually saw this on the internet, and I had someone ask me a question similar to that too, and that's why I'm doing this today. Think of this. There is this video 
Oh, darn, I'm sorry. My apologies. I don't remember the guy who did it. But the NUMA is the company. And you can get NUMA videos on Amazon or you can go to their NUMA website. I think it's just NUMA, N-O-O-M-A, NUMA.com. I could be wrong, but you could you could search for NUMA videos. I've got a large series of his videos and I love them. But he did one that I saw, I think, on TBN once. I've never found this video again. So if you've seen this video before and you remember what it is, hey, send me a message. Go to simplechristians.net. Contact me and let me know what the name of the video is because I've been looking for it. Anyway, he talks about this family that goes to Hawaii for the first time. And they go with their, I think it's like eight-year-old daughter. And they get there and they're walking through the hotel and the daughter sees the pool. And if you've ever been to Hawaii, I mean, the, the hotels have amazing pools usually. It's, it's really great. Every, almost every hotel, every condo has a pool. And some of them are very big and elaborate. So in other words, they, so anyway, they get there and the girl sees the pool. And so she runs into the hotel room with her parents, tears through her suitcase to find her bathing suit, gets it on, runs out into the pool and stays in that pool the rest of the day. Will barely even come out to eat or drink anything or to get more suntan lotion put on. She just has to be in that pool all day long. And she has a blast. It is just amazing. She's never been in a pool like that before I and mean, she knows how to swim according to the video but she's just never been been able to you know nice warm weather beautiful day lots of fun and so you know finally the pool closes and she has to get out so the next morning she's at the gate when the pool opens and of course one of her parents is there with her she's at the gate when the pool opens her parents say okay well you're only going to be able to go into the pool for a little while because we have stuff to do today and then we're going to go to the beach and, and she's not happy about that about an hour later her parents come to get her and she is just sad that she has to leave the pool she's just dejected they're drying her off they're getting her clothes on and she tears just start pouring down her face and she starts crying and sobbing because she just wants to be in that pool. It's so much fun. Then her and her parents go and they run their errands. And they're heading back. And they get to the beach. And the girl's in the back seat. And she's still just so sad. That she just wants to get back to that pool. Parents get out of the car. They open the back door. She gets out. She looks up. And she sees the beach and the ocean for the very first time. Their entire trip, she never once went back to that pool. The pool is earth. See, we think that we have such a great life. And we think that we have so much joy and so much to look forward to in this life. And we think that whatever it is that we might think about this life that keeps us here. But we're just in a pool God has an ocean and a beach waiting for us. And we have no idea what that ocean and beach is because we've never seen it before. Just like that girl, she'd never seen an ocean before. One look at that ocean, she can make sandcastles, she can play in the water, she can boogie board. I mean, there's just so many things that you can do that you can't do in a pool. But she didn't know that until she got to the ocean. And we don't know that until we get to heaven. But God gives us little bits of gifts because when I quit drinking, my life started getting better. 
In fact, when I used to drink a lot, I was always afraid of quitting because I thought I would be bored. And I'm not drinking and doing everything, so now I'm going to be bored. What am I going to do? It wasn't until I quit drinking that I realized how bored I always was when I drank. You can't drink and drive, so you can't really go anywhere once you start drinking. And you can't be around people that aren't drinking because they don't understand you, or the truth is they don't want to deal with the drunk person. And you don't really want to go into stores because you buy really stupid things when you've been drinking and you go into a store. Trust me, that, that happened to me way too many times. But it never dawned on me how bored I was while I was drinking until I stopped drinking. It never dawned on me how many things I couldn't do or didn't do because I was drinking. It's very difficult to to be drinking when you go hiking. I tried it once. It didn't work out very well. When I quit drinking, my life started getting better. And when I became a Christian, I actually quit drinking the day I was baptized. God took my alcoholism away from me. I believe that he knew that... I wouldn't be able to get rid of that on my own. So he got rid of it for me. That was a, to me, it was a gift that he gave me. And that really helped push my faith. When we have faith in God, when we have faith in Jesus and everything that they, that they've done for us, we start getting little hints of this glorious kingdom, even here on earth. But we have to be careful. Because we don't really understand, like I said, we don't, we don't, we're not going to understand heaven until we get there. In fact, Isaiah 55, 8, God says, my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways. Simply because we don't understand the greatness of God. Not just that video I just told you about, but think about this also. Trying to understand God is like grabbing a three-year-old kid. Now, a three-year-old kid can talk. In fact, sometimes three-year-old kids talk way too much. But try to explain to a three-year-old kid puts and calls in the stock market. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't even understand puts and calls in the stock market. And I've tried to figure it out before. It's very confusing to me. But a three-year-old kid would have absolutely no idea what you're talking about. And to me, that's the same thing about God talking to us. I think the Bible, a lot of things in the Bible especially the things that the people push against, like how it says that God created the world in six days. I think that God gave us that timeline so that it was something that we understood because God doesn't live in time. So for him, time is nothing. He could make one day last a million years if he wanted to. It's This is his creation. He can do anything he wants with it. You know, it's like us molding a piece of clay. We could make it a bowl, and then we could change it to a cup, and then we could change it to a vase if we wanted to. We can change it to whatever we want. And he can do whatever he wants to. I think he chose, I think he said six days, simply so that it was it was something that we would understand in our limited capacity. Because our ways are not his ways. Our thoughts aren't his thoughts. But he does, like I said, he does give us hints. Look at Joseph. To me, the story of Joseph is amazing. Job is another good one because Job had faith in God. And even though the devil tried to do all these things to make Joseph curse God and die, basically, I think is what his wife said, Job still had faith in God and God blessed him tenfold more when everything was done. 
And Joseph is kind of the same. The story of Joseph spans Genesis books 37 through 50. I mean, there's a whole lot of information about Joseph. Joseph was the youngest son of Jacob. And Jacob loved Joseph, and maybe he loved Joseph too much. He treated Joseph differently than he did his brothers. He was given that coat of many colors that we all hear about. He was treated better. His brothers would all be out in the field, and yet Joseph wouldn't be out in the field doing all the work. And so I I get the feeling that his brothers were a little bit jealous of him, and maybe I don't blame them a little bit in some respects. But God blessed Joseph greatly, and his brothers sold him into slavery. And he became the the head of the master's household until the master's wife threw him under the bus, basically. And he got put into jail for no good reason, simply because she lied. But even in jail, he excelled and actually kind of ran, was was the head of all the slaves in jail and kind of ran the jail. And then he became the second most powerful person in all of Egypt, all because he had faith in God. And it was because of that faith that God was able to show him pieces, just glimpses of the greatness of heaven by being, by giving him things. You know, we can concentrate on money all we want. And if we concentrated on it enough, try to figure out how to make it enough. Yeah, we can make a lot of money. For instance, I've been getting into the stock market a little bit more. And I've been making some money. I actually got into the stock market when the COVID thing started. The stocks dropped a lot. I put some money in. And I'm up something like 132% right now on my stock investment. But another recession could hit and all my stocks could drop and I could have nothing in the next day. Who knows? When 9-11 hit, stocks dropped like crazy. We never know what's going to happen. We weren't expecting COVID. Nobody knew that the stock market would crash like that. And yet, God gave me a little bit of a blessing in saying, hey, here's a little bit of money. Put this, and he showed me the places to put it in. He lined things up for me to be in just the right spot at the right time. And I'm making some money off the stock market. It's not a lot, but it's kind of fun to do it. But again, my my concentration isn't on the money and on stock market. I'm learning to concentrate on God, in all things that I do. And I think that's what he wants. So when we say, why does God hate everything that makes us happy? He doesn't. He hates the sinful things that make us happy. And there are a lot of sinful things that make us happy. And I think one of the worst is vanity. Vanity can hit everybody. And it's hit many pastors that I've known in different ways, but it's hit them. Some pastors, their vanity has come out when attractive women have hit on them. Some pastors, their vanity has come out when all of a sudden their their congregation grows, and so they've got that pride of the congregation be growing. That pride, pride, now pride isn't a bad thing, but vanity is. That pride turns to vanity. I know other pastors whose vanity has grown when their coffers start, you know, they start getting more and more tithing in and they start thinking about that money being theirs rather than God's. That's vanity. So we have to be careful of that. The story of Joseph to me shows a lot. There there were more than one time, several times, that everything was taken away from Joseph. You go to jail 
back 2,000 years ago, and literally everything you own is stripped from you, and you don't get it back when you get out of jail. You have nothing. When he became a slave, everything he owned was stripped from him. He didn't even have his coat of many colors at that point. He had the clothes on his back, and that's it. And he, you know, quote, quote, never got that back. But God blessed him even more than anything that he had before those things happened because he kept his eyes where they were supposed to be, on God. See, if we keep our eyes on God, happiness just happens. We don't have to pursue it. God will give it to us. And that doesn't mean that every day is going to be full of happiness. There's still going to be struggles. I have struggles every day. I'm not happy every day, but in general, I'm much more happy now than I was when I was 20. I didn't know it. No, I shouldn't say I didn't know it. When I was a teenager, and I've talked about this before, I lived on the streets. I was not happy at all, and I was not following God. In fact, I was pretty much against God at that time. Now I'm following God, and my life has completely turned around. I'm much more happier than I was when I was younger. Life is just so much more full of joy. It's so much more full of color and warmth than it was when I was younger. And to me, that's just one of the small things that God shows us when we start turning our eyes to him for our happiness rather than turning to relationships or money or alcohol, or drugs, or whatever it is, the things that we think are going to make us happy. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode of the Simple Christians podcast. Again, go to simplechristians.net. If you would like to see other podcasts, please rate this and like it on your favorite podcast player so that other people will be able to find it easier. You take care.